to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. I love this verse in Isaiah 61.3. Isaiah, the prophet, says to console those who mourn in Zion. That word console, to comfort those that are mourning in Zion. They're in Jerusalem. To give them beauty for ashes. Don't you like the sound of that? Beauty for ashes? Ashes, there's nothing. It's like I give God nothing. It's like, God, here, this is a mess. I made a mess of all of this. Here, it's nothing. And God says, okay, I'm going to give you beauty for that. I'm going to fix that for you. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. I just see God's Holy Spirit when he pours out on us, the oil of joy when we're mourning. And there it is, the garment of, for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When heaviness wants to come upon you, just praise him. And it's like a garment. It just takes the heaviness away that you may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. He gives us stability that he may be glorified. So the apostle Peter starts by saying blessed, and I'll go back to that. Blessed or blessed or praised the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy. Do you know God is abundantly merciful? who has begotten us again. We're born of his spirit. He's given us of his Holy Spirit. We, he's regenerated, rejuvenated. We're, we're quickened spiritually, spiritually. We're alive spiritually. And what are we alive to? A living hope, it says, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have this living hope. We don't have a dead hope. My hope of that sports car, that was a dead hope. That wasn't real. It was dead. It was selfish. It was, you know, earthly. We have a living hope. It's alive. It's not an empty hope. It's, it's as we talked about, it, it's certain. It's concrete. We can trust God because of the resurrection. We, we have a living hope. We have certainty for our future. Interesting, if you're a note taker, that word living, it speaks of vital power. There's vital power in this hope that we have. It, it's powerful. It's alive. Again, Peter's talking to those that have lost much, and he's saying, basically, he's saying, you know, the difficulty we have on this earth, don't focus on it. Focus on the Lord because you have a bright future. And that goes the same for us. We we have a bright future. It's a living hope. We're, we have an inheritance as we're going to look at. But the rough, excuse me, the, the ride here can be rough sometimes, right? Making our way to heaven. It could be rough. And we could go through rough times. But I think he's telling them, you're going through a rough ride right now, but don't worry. The landing's going to be smooth. You're going to have a great, when you, when you end up in heaven, and it's important for us to realize that. We, we're going to have some bumpy roads. We're going to go through some difficult times. That's going to happen, but... We can praise him. We have hope. And again, our hope's not here. It's not on this earth. I heard someone once say, I thought it was kind of cute, that if you went to the airport, let's say, and you wanted to fly to Hawaii, and you go to the counter to get a ticket, and you, you were asking about the flight, and the, you know, the, the flight person there, the attendant's, 
tells you, well, you know, let me tell you this flight to Hawaii, um, you're gonna experience some turbulence, it's gonna be a rough ride, but the pilot, I know the pilot personally, you're gonna make it safe, These, you know, the landing's gonna be wonderful, you're gonna just, it's gonna be great, but the, expect turbulence, right? So you go, okay, let me check, let me check the other counter, let's go to the other airline. You go to the other airline and you say, hey, I'd like to go to Hawaii, and they said, well, Hawaii, let me see. Okay, well, we gotta let you know something. You will not have any turbulence, you're gonna have a smooth ride, it'll be great sailing, don't have to worry about any bumps the whole way, but, you know, I have to tell you, the landing gear, we haven't serviced it in a while. <laughs> the brakes haven't been working too good. Fuel, we're not too sure about even. Not even sure if we got enough fuel in that tank. So, I mean, what do you, you're going to go back to the first counter, right? I mean, we want, you know, it's like, it's, we would rather have a bumpy ride as long as we have a, a smooth landing, Right? Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. You might have heard this before. Actually, Pastor Chuck used to use this. I used to love when he told this story. He told this story. It's actually, it's a true story about uh, Norwegian, excuse me, Norwegian rats. And they did an experiment, and they put these rats in this, these big vats, these big tubs, remember the story? And then they would actually shoot water down on top of them so they wouldn't be able to float. And so they would test that and they would figure out how long the rats would survive. And so they would do that terrible thing, but they would only survive like 17 minutes. They would die in 17 minutes, right? So they did that over and over and so they were able to test in time and so they knew an average of 17 minutes, you know, all these rats, they only lasted so long. But then what they did in their experiment and I know people are looking at me, you cruel thing. I didn't do the experiment, you know. So, <laughs> so what they did, they, on one of the experiments, what they did is they, they took the rats out after like 16, 16 and a half minutes before they went to drown and die. And they, they took them out. They dried them off real good. They put them back in their cages. They let them go ahead and recover and recoup and, and get back to good health and everything. And then after they were back in good health, they would take the exact same rats that experienced this terrible trauma. They would put them back in these vats, again, under the same circumstances. And then they wanted to see how long they would last. Guess how long they'd last? 37 hours wow. versus 17 minutes. And the reason why it's such a great story, because, listen to this, the psychologist who conducted this experiment, this is what they said. It says that the reason why they survived so long, they said that the rats had an experience of salvation. These rats had a, a salvation experience, and because they realized that, you know, in their mind, they had that hope of salvation. They had that hope that they were going to be rescued so they could live so much longer. And I think about, wow, what about us? We have that hope. We know by faith we're going to be rescued. So when you look at, you know, even that, it's terrible. I mean, these were saved rats. I've never heard of such a thing, but they were. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like a saved rat, you know. <laughs> we have an amazing living hope because of Jesus Christ who conquered the grave. We have hope that goes way beyond the grave. We have someone here that's with us. Uh, her husband passed away not too long ago, Bruce, and I had the blessing and the honor to do the memorial service and, and just the hope 
the memorial service was a memorial service of hope. It wasn't, it was a celebration because Bruce accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And so when we have hope beyond the grave, we can celebrate even death itself. We celebrate. And we can realize the fact that we're so blessed with the living hope. I love what Paul the Apostle said in 1 Corinthians 5.1, talking about the gospel, talking about uh, the fact that the importance of Jesus Christ being raised from the dead. He said, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, the gospel, the good news, which I preach to you, which you also, excuse me, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. So the gospel, we're saved by the gospel. And he goes on to say, verse three, for I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. This is the gospel. So if you are here today and you're wondering, what is the gospel? People say the gospel, good news, but what is it? Well, he spells it out here, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. My question to you, do you believe that? That Christ died for you according to the scriptures? And that he was buried, do you believe that? And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, do you believe that? Well, then we have hope that goes beyond the grave. You and I have a living hope, amen? Let's look at the next verse, verse four. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. This hope is not in earthly things as we were talking about. This hope is not in things that can perish. This hope that we have is not something that we can see with our eyes, but this hope is something that goes beyond this world. This hope is heaven, and it's reserved for you. It's reserved for us. I love the word reserved. If you, the definition's interesting. It's uh, actually, it means to be unaltered, to be guarded, to watch over, no one can change this reservation. It's reserved. Do you, do you realize, if you're a believer here today, that there's a reservation for you in heaven? Wouldn't it be terrible? Have you ever made a reservation, and then you go there, and they're like, um, I'm sorry, I don't see your name on the... I've made at, at restaurants before. I've called, made reservations, and I say, well, who did you talk to? It's like, I, I don't know who I talked to. And they're saying, sorry, we don't have a reservation for you. And it's just like, that will not happen. This is certain. It's guarded over. It won't be deleted. We, we have a reservation in heaven. It's reserved for you. When I was in the corporate world, and part of my job with a water meter company and all was... I had to make the reservations when we did projects out of state. I had to call up and make hotel reservations. When we needed vehicles, I'd have to call and reserve cars or you know, vans for the workers and all. And so you know, I would set all that up and work that out. So each worker, before they would leave or go on the plane or drive to the, their destination, they'd get a packet. You know, they'd get their confirmation. So they would have everything ready. And so you'd go there and you'd just give your confirmation. And, you know, and I loved it. You'd give your confirmation and say, yes, Mr. Bedick, yeah, you're in room so-and-so. And then you'd go to the, the car lot and they would say, you know, this is your vehicle. You asked for a full size or you asked for this car. And so they'd have all that for you. I, and I thought through that and I thought, you know, I never just winged it. 
I never just said, well, guys, you know, we got a crew of, you know, 12 guys. We're going to this city to do this project. Um, I didn't make any reservations. Let's just see how it works out. Let's see. Let's find a local hotel. See if they've got some rooms. Maybe we'll find something. Let's, you know, vehicles. Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of, you know, rental places. We'll find a place. I'm sure there's an Avis down there or something like that. Or I never winged it. I it never, and I, and I believe, you know, the problem with so many people with heaven, they don't have a reservation. They just wing it. You know, you talk to people and you talk about spiritual things. You talk about heaven and talking about, you know, when you die, where are you going to go? And they're like, well, I hope I'm going to heaven. Well, do you have a reservation? No, I didn't think I needed a reservation. Well, because of what Jesus Christ did at the cross, he reserves a place for us. Because he lives, we can live also, and it's certain, it's guarded. We have a reservation in heaven. God has a reservation for you. Do you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins? Do you believe that he was buried? Do you believe that he rose again from the dead? Do you know that you're a sinner? Have you repented and turned from your sins? Have you received him as your personal Lord and Savior? And if you can say yes to all those things, then you have a reservation in heaven. You have a very bright future that can never, ever, ever be changed. Incorruptible, undefiled. Incorruptible means imperishable. It's, it won't perish. It won't go away. Your inheritance is going to last. It won't be destroyed. Undefiled means it won't be stained. It won't be polluted. It won't be flawed. The world we live in today, because of sin, it's very flawed. Even if you receive an inheritance of property, you have to maintain it. Things break down. You need to pull the weeds. You need to take care of the plants. You need to cut down and trim the, the trees and the bushes. The if you're given, you know, vehicles or boats, they break down. You have to repair them. It, it, it fades. It, it, it's polluted. It's flawed. Not in heaven. Even this word to, uh, will not fade away. It means that it will, not, it will not lose its magnificence. I like the sound of that. It will not lose its magnificence. In other words, the decaying element that's here on earth won't be found in heaven. There won't be decay. Flowers won't wilt. Grass won't die. Trees, the leaves will stay green. And there won't be that decaying power. Mold won't be there. I'm guaranteed maggots will not be in heaven. There's no decay. There's no breaking down. We won't have bodies that are going to break down and get old like we have today. We won't have bad shoulders. We won't have sore hips. We won't have all these things. I have sore hips. I'm only like 55 years old, and my hips get sore. You know, it's like, what is going on? I literally had people talking to me about getting a hip replacement. I'm like, no, I don't want to get my hips replaced. But when I sleep, I wake up. I, have to, I can't even sleep on my side. You know, so why? Because we live in a place that decay, breakdown takes place here on earth. When we get to heaven, there's no more. It's incorruptible, undefiled. It will not fade away. I'm looking forward to that. No mold. There's a, a poem that someone wrote regarding this, and I'll read it to you. It says, It will always be new, it will never decay. No night ever comes, it will always be day. How it gladdens my heart with joy that's untold to think, to think of that land where nothing grows old. That's our future, that's our inheritance. 
Let's look at the last verse. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for, for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We're kept. I love this word kept. If you're a note taker, it's a word, it's a military word. It means guarded, shield. And what are we guarded by? We're guarded and shield by the power of God. The word power is the, the Greek word dunamis, by a great power where we get our word dynamite from. You are kept by the great power of God. And so what are you worried about? I think sometimes we forget the fact that we are kept by the power of God. Heard a story about a young college student. He was new to the college and he wanted to make friends and he found a group that he wanted to hang out with and so he asked if he could hang out with them. Well, they were there already for a few years and all and they said, well, if you want to be a part of our group, we need to put you through uh, initiation process. And he's like, well, what is that? And they said, well, come on with us and we'll show you. So they, they got this big heavy rope and they put a knot at the end of the rope and they put grease all over the rope, and so they said, hold on to this knot. And so they brought him out to a secluded place, and there was a well, a deep well there, and so they, they told him to hold on to the end of the rope, and they lowered him down to, towards, the, you know, towards the bottom of the well, and they just kept bringing him down this real deep well. And then he thought that it was all going to be over. He's just, okay, this is terrible. Let me out. Let me out. And he's screaming, no, let me out. And then they, they all took off. What they did is they took the rope, and they tied the other end to a bar across the mouth of the, the well. And so he was hanging there the whole time, and it was too greasy, so he couldn't get up. And he's screaming and yelling, let me out, let me out. And nobody's listening to him. Nobody's paying attention. So his arms, after 15 minutes, his arms are getting sore. His arms are getting tired. They're aching, and they're burning. His shoulders were all burning. And he's, he's, he's you know, screaming, help, let me out. You know, finally, 25 minutes goes by. He couldn't take it anymore. So he let go of the knot, and he fell down the well two inches to the bottom. You see, their kids, they measured it. They knew exactly how far down the bottom of the well was. So they, he only had to drop two inches. And I think of that story, and I think of the fact how we were like, this Christian life, this Christian thing that I'm doing, it's just so difficult, it's so hard, and we're, we're trying to be that Christian that we're supposed to be. We're trying to do what God wants us to do, and I'm going to be a good person. I'm not going to do this anymore, and I'm going to try not to do that, and I'm going to try to be patient. Oh, I don't know about that one with people, Lord, and just all these things. Instead of letting go and let God handle your problems, trusting in him, resting in him, looking to him, knowing that you and I are kept by the power of God. And that word kept, the, the verb tense of that verb means it's continually. You are continually kept by the power of God, continually kept by him. God will keep us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And I, I pray that we realize as believers that God's got it. When we do our best, we look to him, we just put it in his hands, but we, as believers, I believe there's a place where, you know, after you do your best, we just realize, God, I'm just gonna trust you. I know you've got it. That's a term that, we, you know, I like to use quite often here, you know, it's just, God's got it. That's probably when, when bad news comes my way, I usually say, God's got it. And there's, you know, someone will come to me, what about this, oh, Pastor Joe, what about this? What about, what are we gonna do with this? What about this? And I say, God's got it. 
And it doesn't mean that I don't do anything or I don't, you know, I'm just like, I'm lazy. Just, I'm just not going to do anything. God's got this, you know. No, I'm just like, no, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask for wisdom. I'm going to get direction. And I'm going to realize God's got it. If God allowed it in my life, if God allows those things in our lives, he's going to take care of it. You, when we seek him, he'll give you the wisdom. If anyone lacks wisdom, what does the Bible say? We can ask of God. Ask. And he gives to all, liberally, generously. He gives us the wisdom that we need. He gives us the understanding that we need. He, he gives us what we have need of. But it says, you know, but you need to trust him. Don't be like, you know, unstable water. Trust him. God's got it. He'll keep you. I was at a, a wonderful conference just this past Monday and Tuesday. It was called the Advocates for Faith and Freedom. There was pastors and leaders that were there. It was just a, a powerful conference. And I, I'll tell you, I was just so blessed by the speakers. And there was one of the speakers, his name was Pastor Rob McCoy. I'd never met him before. He's a, a pastor of a Calvary Chapel in Thousand Oaks. And, and he spoke, and it was just, he, he told a testimony. And it, just, it was just a powerful testimony. I just want to share it. And he mentioned that when he, he met his wife, told his mother, he says, mother, I'm going to marry so-and-so. This is her name. And she says, the mother says, well, that's Admiral so-and-so's daughter. And he goes, yeah, that's right. That's Admiral so-and-so's daughter. She, he goes, oh, you know her? You know the Admiral? She, yeah, yeah. And she says, son, I need to tell you a story. I need to tell you something I never told you before. And he's like, okay, what's going on, mom? She says, well, when, you know, your father was in the military. And she says, yeah, well, when you were born, I was going to abort you. I wanted to abort you. And, he, and she said, but I called Admiral so-and-so's wife, which was a friend of mine, and I asked because uh, abortion was illegal. I called her to say, can you fix something? Can you work something out? Can you find out a way that I can abort this, this baby? And she says, well, let me call you back. Let me work something out for you. So Admiral, this her friend, this admiral's wife, instead of, she was a Christian, instead of finding a way to abort the baby, she threw her a baby shower and said, no, honey, you're going to keep that baby. We're going to work it out. God's going to work it out. God is going to be with you. She says, I never told you this story before. She says, but you know the girl that you want to marry? That's the mother that told me not to abort the baby. Is that just God or what? Amazing, And you see God's hand. God knew that that child would grow up one day to be a pastor of a church. And God's like, no, 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 don't abort that baby. So somebody intervened. And then that somebody that intervened ended up, her daughter ended up marrying that baby that was going to be aborted. Kept by the power of God. As we close, we have a living hope, amen? amen. It's not a dead hope. We have a living hope because we have a living God. We have a God that's alive. His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, He conquered death. And because He conquered death, and because He lives, you and I can live also. And we have a bright, bright, bright future. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in the Lord. And our hope is in eternal things. Hi there, K-Wave family. We here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor invite you to our Christmas theater production. Step back in time with us to London, 1843. 
Visit the timid Bob Cratchit in the offices of Scrooge and Marley as we once again enjoy the Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol. This is a free event. Performance dates are December 6th, 7th and 8th, 13th, 14th and 15th. The two Friday performances begin at 7pm. The Saturday and Sunday matinees begin at 4pm. For more information, please go to our website, ccoth.com. Hope to see you there. And God bless us, everyone. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.